This is the Sonicast, where artists discuss their passion for creating music. We discuss everything about music creation, from the tech needed for success to music education. So if you love making beats, film scoring, or creating sample packs, this is the show for you, where you'll regularly hear from experts in their field discuss their experiences and learn what makes them highly sought-after professionals. Today's guest is Nick Spann. Nick is a leading sound designer in his field, specializing in creating sample packs for companies such as Loopmasters. He also is a performing drummer, having played halftime with rocker Alice Cooper at the Suns Arena and cumulatively in front of millions of people playing for various worship bands and churches. He's got lots of excellent wisdom to share here. Back here once again uh, with Nick Spann, uh, yep. the sound engineer. Uh, sound engineer. I'm sorry, um, the sound <laughs> designer. I'm the sound engineer for you today. Uh, but we we took some time over the past uh, week or so, and I reached out to mm-hmm. a few people who've listened to some of your work, and they had some questions for you, and uh, just wanted to know if you'd be willing to answer cool. a few questions. Yeah, is that cool? Mm-hmm. All right, good deal. All right, so let's go and dive on in. Uh, so the first question. What different kinds of sounds do you make? Um, I make a lot of sounds that range from... Uh, I'm starting to get into Foley a little bit, like taking stuff from my phone, emailing it to myself, because I have to get a new handheld recorder okay. to record sounds. So I'll take like field stuff, drag it in I see. to my email, email it to myself. Um, so I'll do like Foley stuff, but also a lot of bass sounds, lead synths, ambient textures, pads, um, soundscapes as well. Uh, and sound effects within like a synthesizer. So I can make something that sounds like a pod racer that like flies overhead kind of thing. So, um, very, like it ranges from a lot of things. Do you ever like just go out into nature just recording things or? I should do that more often. (laughs) Um, the thing is it, doesn't hinder you if you don't have a handheld recorder. Okay. But it's a nice having, like, for example, if I wanted to go record some birds, mm. it would be nice to have a quality mic so that if wind blows, I have right. a windscreen on it. Right. So then that way I don't, you don't get the kind of, you know, um, because then that helps with getting a solid, clear sound. Because if you were to implement it into a movie or a game, then it's like, that's what you get. Real the pure sound. It's like yeah. Realistic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Uh, next question: Have you worked ever worked with video game designers? Not <clears throat> professionally. Um, there was a time I was doing music for like a video game mod. It was like a zombie mod, and they were like, "Hey, can you make you know do some voiceover stuff?" And I was like, "Sure, <laughs> I'll be an announcer <laughs> like that." <laughs> like really. Yeah, my throat hurt after because, like, I don't over talk like that. Yeah. Um, I do it over and over and over again. Uh, but I did a little bit of, like, music for that. But it it wasn't worth the, the time that I was starting to put into it. So I was like, hey, dudes, I'm going to I'm gonna not do this because I have to work. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it it uh, when it's a video game mod that's done out of passion, hmm. it's a different than being under a deadline. Like, you have to finish this. With the publishers on our back, we need to, right. you know, get this game done and pressed, you know, in a year. Right. So that cuts down how much time you can sound design or gather stuff 
or how much you have to edit within, you know, certain week, certain month. So you've done so. it before, but just not on a professional setting yeah. where you've got that deadline mm-hmm. and running down and yeah. Okay. Is it something that you would like to do at some point? I would. There's a, I know a few people that are in the industry that, uh, one of the guys I know, he's a lead audio mm-hmm. at a video game company. I think it's called, I don't think it's Raven studios, but it's like a video game studio. He had to move out to Atlanta for it. But, um, he told me like, here's exactly what you have to do in order to like get on the radar for people. He gave me simple plane. He yeah. goes, technical prowess is the biggest thing over sound design because okay. the system to implement sound into a video game is super technical, but it's, it's different if I was, you know, just contracted just to make music okay. to where it's like, Hey, just make a track and then make a couple different versions of it rather than like you're actually integrating the audio into the system. Got it. Um, which is a whole another no, animal. Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. In and of itself. Cool. Um, another question. Uh, what is the weirdest song or sound that you've made? Uh, <laughs> um, I would probably say the weirdest, weirdest sound is on my buddy's, uh, sub 37 Moog. Okay. Made a fart patch. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And it was, it was, it was pretty on it. I'm okay. not going to lie. Okay. It was pretty on it. Like we did a little like short video. He still has the video. Right. He was like, Hey Nick, how's it going? And I was like, yeah, I'm just making some sounds. <laughs> and then press the nice. thing. And I was like, Pfft. Nice. Like, and it was like, <laughs> you know, I'm a guy. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> uh, that makes sense here. Um, the, I was thinking about this question even for myself. Uh, years ago, I did this album and we wanted, it, it's, it was like a, a, a Spanish flavor kind of a flare. And it was uh, mm. a 6-8, t- no, it wasn't a 6-8. It was a 5-8 tune. So it was fun, and we did this dun 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 dun, dun. Mm. and in it, I was like, I, I really hear like the flamenco clap, you know, kind of the flamenco mm-hmm. clap through it, but I'm like, well, I don't know anyone who can do it, and so it was just me, the bass player, the guitarist at the time, and the engineer, and so I said, well, I want to make those claps sound, and we have to be all at the same time, so the, the, the four of us stood around this microphone kind of clapping, and we couldn't, and it didn't sound right. So we said, well, what sounds more convincing? So we started clapping other parts of our body. So we're clapping like our stomachs, and then, then we got to, the thighs worked really well. So we're like, okay, let's try it. And so we're sitting around clapping with our thighs. All right, boys, you ready another take? Let's do it. <laughs> we had to do it in sequence, so it all sounded the same. You just see somebody walking into the session. Why? why it's not what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. We're recording Hold something. On. Hold on. Don't come to conclude. Okay. Anyway, so that's my funny story. Um, next question. Uh, do you, uh, okay. Here's a question here. Do you ever go out and record just random stuff, say in your neighborhood, uh, to add a song or a sound bite? Um, I, I haven't yet. Um, there's been a few occasions where I've needed to seize the moment. Like if there's a cool piece of machinery okay, and like take my phone and just set it there and record it because 
I can clean it up as best I can. Okay. Um, but you want to capture it? Yeah, just to capture it. Um, <clears throat> there was, I went to go see, uh, I think it was last year, my buddy was DJing a set downtown, and I had to park in the parking garage. Mm-hmm. And when I shut my door, the like reverb was unreal. Right. right. So I was like, yo, I have to record this. <laughs> so I, I popped a voice memo on my phone, put it on top of my car, and then shut the door. And the garage was like nearly empty. So there was right. full like sound waves going all over the place instead of bouncing off cars. Right, right, right. But I was like, whoa. So how, how well did that work? Did, I mean, did it did it capture? Yeah, I, I I have it. I think I emailed it to myself. Okay. I think it's probably still on my phone, but I was Interesting. like, this is great. I got to capture you know? this now. Or I'll put my phone when I'm in the car wash. I'll just put on the dashboard. So it sounds like that you don't necessarily go out into nature trying to find stuff. You just happen to hear stuff and go, I got to capture that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. Wouldn't it be good if you like were able to carry around the right sound equipment 24 hours a day yeah. and have it on mm-hmm. <laughs> and just be able to that's, do that? I mean, some people like, uh, some people actually like along with being a sound designer, mm-hmm. they'll like go capture okay. stuff as well. There's a guy, I think his name is Robert Dur- Durzik. Um, butchering his last name but he he does that he's excellent sound designer sure but he'll have videos on his social media of him with like the big old mm-hmm. puffy mm-hmm. thing with the headphones right. and, little, and he's like just yep. capturing stuff mm-hmm. he was at a, a track <clears throat> racetrack of people drifting by and i was like whoa that's whoa. cool yeah so it sounds like to me it'd be cool to be like the photographer you know because there are people mm-hmm. who just carry well, of course, we've got cell phones now, but, but there are people who just carry cameras with them because mm-hmm. in nature or in life, there's something they want to capture then and there. Yeah. And that's pretty cool. So mm-hmm. I, in another world, we'll be able to do that for you. Yeah. So I'll be walking around. Oh, you hear that? You're like, hey, can you be here in a half hour? Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> and bring everything because I want to <laughs> capture this. All right. This is really great stuff. Let's take just a couple of minutes for an advertisement break. Hi there, I'm Dan Young, co-founder of Sonic Productions, your music production company. We partner with businesses to help you deliver your best message, professionally, elegantly, and with the power to capture your audience. Our goal is to serve you as you seek to grow your brand, whether you use Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or other mediums like podcasting or television. We'll work with you to custom tailor a song to fit your campaign, or you can visit our music licensing business, Sonica, to choose from over 100 original songs ready for licensing. Voiceover narration is also available. So when it's time to seriously consider growing your business, consider Sonic Productions to stand out. Sonic Productions. Our music, your story. Visit us at www.sonicproductions.biz to contact our team and to learn more. Uh, Next question. Um, Where do you find your motivation and inspiration? Mm, I would probably say listening to different artists or artists, artists, yeah, artists. artists. No, yeah. Okay. Right. I was making you sure that was right. the right pronunciation. You got, you got it right. Um, yeah. Listening to people that have a different take on music than what I normally see. Um, either that or anime. <laughs> okay. Um, so like anime will inspire me just like the, the like theme of what's being presented to me or like a character. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
majority of the time it's from a different artist okay. that I really like look at, or I'll try to figure out like where their, their head is at. Yeah. Um, there's a guy that I really look up to, um, aside from BT, his name is Junkie XL okay. or Tom Holkenberg. And, uh, his approach and just like mindset behind writing a tune, he doesn't do a lot of electronic music anymore. Um, he's normally right now scoring films. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Him and Hans Zimmer, you know, are good friends. So, okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, his, his approach in his like electronic music is, um, uh, junkie. Junkie. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Crunchy. No, I, I said chunky. I thought it was chunky. XL. Oh, chunky. All right. Sorry. I was spelling it all wrong. Junkie um, XL. Thank yeah. You. And, uh, yeah, like, cause he's normally when you have someone who's really good at producing music, sometimes it's a duo or a trio. Right. And right. they're like a group. Um, but some of the guys that I really look up, look up to are like a one man show. And it's like, where is your head at? What are you thinking about? What are you inspired by that you're operating at that capacity wow. to like project? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And I think a lot of people draw a lot of inspiration from others too, in that very same way. Um, I like anime too, mm-hmm. because they tell great stories. Absolutely. And sometimes the music helps carry that story. And mm-hmm. I can see it as an inspirational too. inspiration. Uh, another question, <clears throat> excuse me. And, this, this one, actually, I like this question because it, it speaks to people who may not feel like they have all the resources in the world. But what would you advise for somebody who has nothing but, say, an iPhone with just GarageBand, mm-hmm. but they have a, a creative, they want to use it as a creative outlet? Mm-hmm. What would you suggest? I would suggest using it, okay. not... <clears throat> like I mentioned in the, in the other segment, like not watching or paying attention to the majority okay. of what people are doing, because that's kind of a, a side effect of social media is everybody's doing mm. like, this is what I'm doing. It's like, Oh, I'm missing out. No, Great you're point. not missing out on anything. Majority, Great 90% point. of people are trying to project that they're doing something Great when they're really not. Right. Um, Great point. So if you have a, a phone or garage band really good. is, get just figure out how to stay inspired and how to write what you're trying to convey with the tools that you have. And then if you see yourself progressing, start investing in, you know, other things. Okay. Maybe I might need a better microphone or I might need a different audio workstation, um, from GarageBand, maybe go up to logic. Um, but understanding like if it's a hobby, you don't need to invest, you know, thousands like I have for, you know, software and stuff. Um, because if it's, if it's just a hobby and something that kind of attracts you, it, it's a good outlet to be creative and, you know, you might not turn it into, you know, something like, Oh, I'm going to sound design for transformers or be a synth programmer, but just to have that at right. your disposal, just to be creative. Cause we all need right. outlets. So would you, would you advise maybe a newer aspiring artist to necessarily invest in much like, well, let's say for example, you've got an iPhone, which mm-hmm. already by itself is a ma- a, a miracle mm-hmm. of creation. I mean, it's got everything right there in there, but would you recommend spending money on great microphones, for example, 
Um, would you spend money on great uh, processors? And I've got over here like a little mixing board. Mm-hmm. I mean, what where would you recommend people start if they needed to just at least get their feet off the ground? Mm-hmm. Probably start where they're at because if you don't know how to use what you have, getting you know, getting better gear or a better mic when you don't know how to use, you know, a simple, you know, sure. SM 58 or, you know, beta mic, like knowing how to use the tools you have and then understanding, okay, I don't need anything else because there are some people, um, myself included that don't invest in a lot of gear. Mm -hmm because I can already produce with what the tools I have, I can already produce what I capture in my head That's good. or what I'm trying to convey. Um, if it calls for the job, like, you know, Hey, I need seven microphones to record a kit or I need this particular plugin to get this type of processing or to clean up audio, then yeah, it's a tool for work. Um, but just because there's a, the market's saturated with like this compressor just came out, this reverb just came out like every week, like just be, you're able to be more creative within restrictions and have more freedom in that because your tools are limited rather than all the other options that there are. Like I don't like going to restaurants and the menu is like five pages because like, I don't know what to get. Got I it. just want like a burger with fries or a right. quesadilla or right, some spaghetti. Right. <laughs> like that's why I like in and out just for the menu size. It's like you go there every time right, you right. get a number two right, with no right. onions or whatever. But it's like, it's the simplicity with this is what we have. Yeah. And that's what you're, what you're able to work with. It's very interesting. I like the, 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 uh, the analogy of fast food restaurants because I'm the same way. If mm-hmm. I go to like McDonald's, for example, there are a billion things up on yeah. that thing. And like, is it breakfast? Is it lunch? Is Build it dinner? your own salad. I don't even, uh, uh, it's too much stuff. I just want a, ha- a, sam- a hamburger. Mm-hmm. How about that? Hamburger, fries, and a shake. Okay, what kind of hamburger? Ah! And it's like... <laughs> <laughs> you, head explodes. Okay, good. Very good. Very mm-hmm. good point. Um, how long have you been involved in creating music? Uh, I would probably say... 2008, 2007, because that creative process was drumming in church. Mm. So that's when I started to really get my feet wet, and I was at a church called Phoenix First Assembly, which is now Dream City Church. Mm-hmm. And at that time, for someone who's like 17, playing in front of on a regular basis throughout the week over you know thousands of people, yeah, um, I actually did calculate oh. how many people. I did a base average with CCV and it didn't include any other church or other gigs, but I did like a rough guesstimate. And I was like, if I did X amount, it was for, I think three or four years or five or something Mm -hmm. was like five to 6 million people already. And I was like, that's a lot of people. That's a a lot of people playing in front of. Yeah. So like, cause I was like, man, I probably played in front of over a million people. And like I did the numbers briefly and I was like, Oh, it's way more than that. Wow. Yeah. So a lot of exposure. Um, yeah. So, you know, the creation process of music has been since his early, like I started doing more worship stuff and drumming before I started like music production on my computer. But the thing is when you're 
drumming or playing an instrument live right. and you're improving or playing something you're producing on the spot. Yes, so, correct. Um, it's a different kind of scenario, but it's right. relatable. Good, good. Uh, last question I've got. Um, what piece of music would you say you're most proud of? Um, I would probably have to say the, uh, probably the professor. Like I just did that last week. Wow. And I'm really, really inspired by it. Um, but that's like, that's so recent. That's a tough question. I I would imagine. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as work, like work that I'm proud of. The, uh, the sample pack that I just finished up in January, because uh-huh. that took me, I want to say roughly a month to do, because I had to make, I made everything from scratch, bass sounds, lead synths, sound effects, atmospheres. Um, I nearly pulled out my hair <laughs> for like some stuff because it was close to almost 300 sounds. I was 10 sounds short of 300. Good grief. So wow. it was just a lot. After, you know, after I made the 30th sound, I was like, yo, this sounds the same. I was like, I just made this sound. And then I take a break, come back, and I'm like, oh, okay, the sounds aren't the same. Mm-hmm. They just, you get into like a certain, you know. So what's interesting, there are certain artists, I think if you ask them the question, what are you most proud of? Some would go back to, well, I did this one piece of music back in 2010, mm-hmm. and it was this piece, it was my masterpiece, and it was great. Blah, blah, blah. You sound like where you're going you know, I did good stuff, but the stuff I'm most proud of is the stuff I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. You feel most most proud about. And, and I like that attitude versus somebody who did some work years ago and it's their best mm-hmm. piece and everything they do now is just garbage. <laughs> and they just hate everything they're doing. Yeah. I, I like that aspect. And it, it, it tells me a lot about your character, too, that you're always really happy of where you're mm-hmm. at. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Uh, that's it for questions. Uh, really good job. You've been listening to The Sonic Cast, where artists discuss their passion for creating music. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can find show notes in the descriptions, as well as information to hear more from our guest. You can also visit us at www.sonicproductions.biz to license music and shop for some cool merchandise. Sonic Productions, our music, your story. 